In today's episode, we talk more about denominationalism. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Thank you for listening to Preach Impediments, made possible by Eden Hollow. Check out what's being written and made available by going to EdenHollow.com. If you stayed tuned, at the end of the episode, we have a special offering for you that you'll want to hear about, so make sure you listen to the end of today's episode. Let's jump right in. Growing up, I didn't think much about the fact that the church that I went to was different than the church my friends went to. There were clearly differences. There was instrumental music at some of them and not instrumental music at others. There were activities that were sponsored by churches and other churches didn't sponsor those activities. And there was often an allegiance to a person's individual church. Well, I didn't think much about it until I started preaching. The town that I first started preaching in had a very peculiar sign on the south side of town. There was one main highway that drove through the town. And on the south side of town, when you drove in, you could see over on the right side of the road a large sign that says, The churches greet you. And on that sign, underneath it, there were listed, I believe, around 30 different churches had their names listed on this sign. What was always peculiar to me, though, is that as you drove past the sign, if you were to look back, which was not a common thing to do, but if you were to look back, there were three churches who had their names on the back side of the sign that no one ever saw because apparently they just didn't want to be left out. When I started preaching, I went and asked the local newspaper how many denominations or how many churches, English-speaking churches, there were in that town. It was a very small town. About 13,000 people lived in the actual town, and there were 86 English-speaking denominations. Now, what's peculiar about that is that almost half of the town didn't even speak English. But for the let's say 7,000 English-speaking residents of that town, there were 86 different denominations represented. That's a lot of denominations for such a tiny town. And the same is true pretty much worldwide. I looked up how many Christian denominations there are in the world today, and according to LiveScience.com, there are over 45,000 thousand denominations of Christianity. Let that number sink in. 45,000 denominations of Christianity. Now, to make that number come alive for you, let me reveal there are only 31,000 verses in the entire Bible. There are more Christian denominations then there are verses of the Bible over which we can argue. There are less than 8,000 verses in the New Testament, which means there are more than five denominations 
per verse in the New Testament. That's a lot of disagreement. That's a lot of variation. And that is a lot of, honestly, just wickedness that exists in our world. Denominationalism is a rampant problem. But it is a problem that nobody really wants to address because it's this agreement to disagree that exists in our world. We don't want to disagree about things, and so we just agree to disagree. Here's what's even more particularly damning to me about this particular idea of denominations existing, is that most of these denominations, these 45,000 denominations of Christianity, they are disagreeing about the same issues. Issues that the Bible identifies as being simple. Read with me Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Here it says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God, teaching about ritual washings, laying on of hand, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And we will do this if God permits. Now, here we have a list of six different issues. Repentance from dead works, faith in God, teachings about ritual washings, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now, if you really do much study of the denominations, those 45,000 denominations that exist in our world of Christianity alone, you'll find that most of the denominations are going to have disagreements about the same issues. One of the reasons I know that is that if you ever look at a chart that shows the difference between different denominations, these are some of the main categories of which you'll find information about the denominations and what they believe particularly in comparison or contrast to other denominations. You'll have there a list for what they believe about baptism, what they believe about spiritual gifts, what they believe about the end times, and what they believe about grace, faith, and works. Well, those are all issues that are talked about in Hebrews 6 and identified as elementary teachings. I interviewed Micah Rice the other day, who was an elementary school principal, and I asked him to define the word elementary. This got edited out of our episode the other day, but what he said elementary means is the simple foundational teachings. Do you hear that? The simple foundational teachings. That's what elementary means. These issues over which 45,000 denominations have disagreed over the years are the simple foundational teachings of Christ, yet they are still the same issues we're arguing about today. So why is it that we are still disagreeing about the same elementary issues that the church has disagreed about for a long, long time? The only thing I can think of is that we've allowed the devil to get in and confuse us. We've allowed the devil to do his work of causing problems and issues among God's people. And then we've allowed the devil to 
give us this perspective of, oh, it's okay if we disagree as long as we agree about the important issues. And oftentimes that is, is Jesus the Son of God? And does Jesus save us? That's about the only two issues that over which Christian denominations are expected to agree about. Well, if these issues here, the ones over which all these Christian denominations are disagreeing, are considered elementary issues, things from which we should be able to move on and go to maturity about, I would imagine these are also issues over which we should agree. We should know what the Bible says about repentance, that the Bible says that repentance requires a dramatic change in character, that repentance must bear fruit. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 11, gives a long list of what it looks like for those who truly repent. Well, we can agree on that. We should be able to agree that we are saved by grace through faith. We're not saved because of works, but we are saved in order that we might participate in works. But that our salvation is given to us by God because of his love and kindness and mercy. And that we are to respond to his love and kindness and mercy with a devotion and an appreciation and gratitude and a desire to do good things for him. I think we should all be able to agree that baptism saves you, as Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. And that that baptism is an important part of what it means to belong to Christ. And that there aren't multiple baptisms. There's one baptism, as it says over in Ephesians chapter 4. That baptism, that washing, is both physical in water and spiritual because it is the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit in Titus chapter 3. We should be able to agree that, yes, spiritual gifts are a real thing, but that does not mean supernatural gifts are still happening because those had a shelf life, according to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that we should recognize that we should be using the gifts God has given us, those true gifts of faith and love and kindness and service and leadership, and that those gifts should be used for God's glory. We should be able to agree on the resurrection of the dead that we can only know so much, that even the Apostle John didn't quite know exactly how it was going to be in the end, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, but that what he knew was Christ would come again and we would be like him. And that was enough. That was all he needed to know. And, and we, can, we can believe that, know that Christ is coming again and that when he does, all things will be set right. We can know that eternal judgment is coming and that we must live with that in front of us, that we must remember the creator in our youth, as the preacher says in Ecclesiastes, knowing that all the things we do will be called into judgment and that those who love God will be joyful at his appearing and those who have despised God or rejected God will be fearful. These things that are listed as the elementary principles, while I have just sum them up in a rather elementary and simplistic way, they are things we can agree on. They are things that if we just read what the Bible says 
and give the Bible the priority in our understanding, we can agree on what we should believe about these things. And here's the deal. Until we are unified, the world itself will never be able to agree that Christians have something special. The fact that there are 45,000 denominations of Christianity tells the world that Christianity is nothing new, nothing special, nothing unique, nothing miraculous. We are betraying Christ with our disunity. Jesus himself said that in his prayer in John chapter 17, verse 23, where he says, I am in them and you are in me so that they may be completely one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. The fact that we are completely one people displays to the world that Christ really is the Christ, the Savior of the world. And when we choose to agree to disagree, we are betraying that truth. We have to learn to put aside our differences. We have to agree that agreeing is more important. Not agreeing to disagree for the sake of some sort of faux peace, but agreeing is important. And that we must do the hard work to agree based on what the Bible teaches. And when we don't agree, we have to learn to extend grace. We have to love those we disagree with and give them the benefit of the doubt and do our best to display our love for them as we continue to grow and learn and mature together. We've got to learn that agreement is more important than showing yourself right because we can only truly be right when we learn to agree. We must learn that the goal is God's glory. And God's glory happens when we are unified. When we are pursuing our own rightness or pursuing our own reputation for having answers, then we are pursuing our own glory and not God's. We have to learn that unity depends on us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6, a passage about unity says this, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul speaking, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Notice that middle sentence there, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. That means that unity depends on us. It depends on our effort. It depends on us doing the hard work to bring unity about. If we're not willing to do that work, then we are betraying what we've been called to be. And we are to walk worthy of that calling. We are to desire to display to the world that what we have is not just amazing. It's not just unique, but it is unifying. And in a world that is so ununified, a world that has so many disagreements, having that ability to unify together would make a huge difference in displaying to this world that following Jesus is different, is better. And it's something that everybody should want.
I encourage you, learn to be dissatisfied with disagreement. Learn to, to pursue the agreement that only comes from digging deeply into the Word of God. And learn to dig deeply with the goal of unity. Not the goal of coming up with some unique idea that only you are going to believe. But the goal of understanding together as God's people what God's will is for you and me. Then we can learn to be unified and we can learn to display God's glory to this world in a way that will allow God, people, to shine again. I hope this podcast episode has been good for you and helpful to you and maybe challenging to you. You know, in a world that is so divided, where there are so many denominations, it is hard to really pursue unity. But it's what we need to do. We need to be willing to reach across the fence to our neighbor and have conversations about what truth is and how it makes a difference. And for many of us, our neighbors are those who claim to be Christian, but are also part of some denomination. And we need to, instead of just allowing them to disagree with us, we need to open up conversations of agreement. Find ways in which we do agree, and then also be willing to talk lovingly about those things about which we disagree, so that we can be unified and so that we can pursue the things of Christ If this episode has been helpful to you, share it. Share it with others. Share it with those that you know need to hear it. You can also hear past episodes at preachimpediments.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we will have another episode next week. Until next time. We want to help you grow. And the best way we know to do that is to put good information in your hands and to help you interact with it. In order to do that, we've created the Interactive Supplement. This is a downloadable file that you can print and use as you listen to episodes of Preach Impediment. Interact with the text, interact with your own thoughts, and grow as you draw closer to Scripture and closer to God. The way to get the Interactive Supplement is to go to EdenHollow.com or PreachImpediments.com, and there you can sign up for our newsletter, which will have information about the Interactive Supplement And we'll get that to you as soon as we can. We hope this helps you grow.